You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. Uh, we're back in our homes. I am still Daniel, and he uh, is still Clint. Um, I don't. I don't know what to do with my hands still. These well, we're not things. the same. We're not the no. same as we were. That's the no. Thing. No. Here's the thing, Alabama fan. By the way, really quick, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Netsuite. Netsuite, get all your finances and all your books and all your business all together in one spot. Netsuite. We'll talk about them a little later. They are the title sponsor of Locked On Bulldogs. This is for fans by fans. If you're new to the YouTube or the audio side of the podcast, welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome. Many, come on, many in. are joining the bus. Glad you guys yeah, are here. It's a great. It's a big bus. Plenty That's a, of room oh. on the bus. Plenty of room Look, on the bus. I got a bus. And it just, should we name it, just, it Gus the bus, or should we name it something else? No, uh, we're Gus champions. Taking, we Gus, are champions, so we probably Gus should. Gus taking his non nil loving self to North Carolina, so he ain't gonna, never going to win anything meaningful. That's Gene so. Chizik. You're confusing oh. Gus Melzon and Oops. Gene Chizik. Although you very tell, easy, you tell confused. me they're they're different people. No, they're not. You, um, you tell me you've ever seen them in the same place at the same time. <laughs> uh, hey, we're glad y'all here. Uh, we are national championships. We are champions. We are back in our homes. We are not the same as we left. We came back from Indianapolis with hardware, with with our dignity still intact, which is much more I could say from Alabama fan. I got my dignity still. <laughs> Because I didn't think a forward pass was a fumble and and yell at children that it was, Alabama fan, in Section 519. Yikes. I Let the record state, two old men at Vanderbilt and one Alabama fan at 519 in Indianapolis were not struck. Listen, the seating chart for the Locked on Bulldogs podcast was not on point. Let's just say this right from the top, okay? We're going to get to the content. We're going to talk about the game in a second. But look, this is for fans, by fans. This is what you're here for. The seating chart was not on point because Clint had his boys there. I had my son there. Executive producer intern Michael was there. Uh, John Tweet Sports was there. Mm. Our, mm. our boy, other Daniel, uh, was there. We had a whole crowd of people. Um, a contingency. But we put Clint out on an island over there on the left side, and it turns out it was it was too close to a couple of Alabama fans and – He's not yet recovered. So, but he did not get into a fist fight. So kudos to you, sir. I will did say not. this. I will say this. There are some very classy Alabama fans showing up in the comments. So let's very, say, let's call out very. what it is. Kudos to you, Alabama fans. Thank you for not being a representative. And this this just reminds me, and it remind it should remind everyone. Don't judge a fan base by its worst fans because there are some really bad Georgia fans out there. And oh I hope gosh. that no one would judge me or you or any of our fine listeners by those really bad Georgia fans. There are some really bad Alabama fans out there, but also some great Alabama fans who have a lot of class and do appreciate good football when they see it. And so uh, kudos to you, Alabama fans, but really kudos to you, Georgia fans, because you are the champions of college football. And today on the podcast, Clint, we're going to talk a big reason why Georgia is the champion of college football. 
And we alluded to it yesterday when we were still in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the voice has not yet come back. No, yet, it won't fine. for several days. I don't have a job that requires me to speak into a microphone on in front of a camera very often. So we're, we should You're be fine. fine. You're fine. Um, <clears throat> what we are going to talk about today, though, is red zone defense. Because um, my goodness, have you ever seen anything more beautiful? Than the Georgia red zone defense in this game, Daniel. This was this was something else. Again, let me state for the record: we don't always get our our hot takes right. We have cold takes, and we call ourselves out quite a bit. We're fans, after all. Okay, we try to get very smart people in here with advanced metrics, and they tell us what to look for, and we judge that based upon what we see on film, what we see with our eyes. We're not deep in the weeds. We trust other people. We gather it. We give our best take. But let me tell you this right now. We said it was possible to hold Alabama to field goals and under 21 points. We said it was possible. Daniel came on the show. Our predictions against uh, in the national championship on uh, Monday's pod was to say if they score less than 21, all we got to score is 21 points. We win this game. Turns out dead on. And the main reason for that is the red zone defense. When Alabama came in middle of the field, they had a, they had some success with some slip screens. There was two blown coverages that got them deep into uh, our territory, which we'll get to that in a second at a later date, maybe possibly. But let me tell you this, when it came go time, that's right. Um, there were four men that abjectly mm. terrorized Alabama's yes. offensive line tight end receivers and quarterback terrorized them, gave them no room to breathe. Yeah. Let's talk about that because we did say on this podcast, and I want to, I want to kind of chronicle each of the red zone trips um, and, and what, what happened in each and maybe contrast that with another game that you may have recently seen where Georgia played Alabama and talk about some of the differences. We'll do that in segment um, two. But we did say on this podcast, Clint, that if you can make Bryce Young drive the field. There it is. Okay. There it is. If you can make him get first downs on top of each other, you're going to have success success against him because one, drives will stall. Two, he will turn the ball over. And lo and behold, one all the drives stalled, and uh-huh. two, he turned the ball over in this game, Clint. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, Alabama uh, did have success moving the ball up and down the field at various times in the game. But as you said, they were stopped in the red zone. And so I wanted to ask you, who were those players and why was Alabama – why did Alabama struggle so much in the red zone? What was Georgia doing to slow them down? Uh, two guys right off the bat, and they've been there the whole entire year. Channing Tindall and Nicobe Dean were abject monsters running side. Because when you get in the phone booth, and that's what the red zone does, that's what the 30, 30, yard, 30 yard line in, it makes you fight in a phone booth. Okay. So all of a sudden, you can't do the 50 yard thing. If you break a tackle, these it, it condenses things down. Okay. And if right. you're telling me Channing Tindall, Nicobe Dean, very quick in tight spaces, burst of speed. 20-yard dash, the split on that is incredible, and physicality up front. So that's what happened. They were scraping and flying over the place. They were blitzing. 
Even the two-point conversion, I'm going to use that because it was close to the end zone. Channing Tindall, after a bonehead play of missing out on his um, assignment on a tight end, Nicobe Dean gets after him, just abjectly middle of the game, chews him out. Two-point conversion, Channing Tindall says, not again. Not, not Hunts, today. Hunts down Bryce Young, stops him before he gets that two-point conversion. So those two guys. And then, Daniel, the Devontae Wyatt, is an abject monster. Let's talk more. Let's talk more about Devontae Wyatt, can we? Abject monster. Please, please, Daniel. I cede the floor to the representative from Tennessee. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, people not going to like this, okay? Let me tell you, I don't know what he's going to say, but he's dead on with it already I because I have a I have an inkling where he's going. He's dead on. I think at the end of the day, this is going to go down as one of those freezing cold takes. It might. It might. I don't, I don't think it will. But at, I think at the end of the day, when all's said and done, 15 years from now, yep. you and I are going to look at each other, and we're going to realize that Devontae Wyatt had a better NFL career than Jordan Davis did. And, <laughs> and it's not because I don't think Jordan Davis is going to be successful or because I don't think Jordan Davis is one of my top five Georgia Bulldogs of all time because all time. both of those things are true. But I think Devontae Wyatt could be primed to be a monster. In the NFL, he a is name fat. that comes to mind. He is physical. Yep, yep. Those two things dead he, on. That's what else does one need? And he's, be- and he's a technician, Daniel. Oh, he's there an you go. Absolute technician on the defense. A name that comes to mind. And again, my fandom wasn't so deep in the weeds here, so you tell me. But he reminds me of the of a Richard Seymour who came um. out into the NFL. Was it was a yep. Hall of Famer in the NFL, but coming yep. out in Georgia was was heralded, but not as much sure. as other players, right? Devontae yeah, Wyatt has definitely. that ability to have that kind of heralded good. People know him. Insiders, executives know him, right? Definitely, be the pick. definitely better NFL career than college career when you look at a guy mm-hmm. like Richard Seymour. And I think you could see that. Um, from a guy like Devontae White. Not that they're the same player, not that no, they have the same no, no, no. measurables or any of that stuff. Just None sort of, of I, I do think that that could be a reasonable assumption. This guy, Devontae White, is fantastic. Uh, okay, we got too much. We'll come back. I want to hit you with a couple more guys that I think were responsible for a lot of the red zone success. But first, uh, Clint is who – no, I am going to tell you about Bill Bar. Bill is the tasty protein bar on planet Earth. They come in a wide variety of delicious flavors. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, surely you've tried a Bilt Bar. Surely you have. And if you have, then you enjoyed it. You thought it was delicious because guess what? It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in fruit flavors, chocolate flavors, caramel flavors, whatever you want, Bilt Bar has. And right now, if you go to BiltBar.com, enter the promo code Locked On. If you haven't ever ordered a Bilt Bar before, you can get 15% off your first order. You order a single pack, a variety pack, whatever you want. They come in a variety of textures, a variety of flavors. Every single one is high in protein, high in fiber, low in sugar, keto approved, and great meal replacement or whatever diet or exercise fad that you find yourself on here in the first two weeks of January. Uh, they'll also be good in February when you aren't doing any mm-hmm. of those things anymore. So, <clears throat> BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code locked on for fifteen. Pr- locked on fifteen for fifteen percent off your first order. 
I'll also let you know about Get Upside. Get Upside is an app that many of our listeners are using right now, and it's a fantastic app that's in the Android store or iOS. You download it right now, you're going to get $0.25 cents off a gallon straight back onto your account on the Get Upside app. Now, here's here's the deal. If you go on That's the a gallon of milk or a gallon of it's a gallon uh, gas. strawberry okay. jelly. Oh, no, it's, it's gasoline. Okay, it's gasoline. Well, it's gasoline. You said twenty five. Your- you said twenty five cents a gallon, and you're, I, you're exactly I fear, right. I, I fear the listeners might not have been able to put that together. I, I have more faith in you listeners. Daniel does not. Gallon of gasoline and get upside every time you fuel up at the pump. But right now, if you use the promo code SCORE, you're going to get fifty cents a a gallon back onto your account. On your first fill-up, that's fifty cents a gallon with promo score. Uh, get upside. Many people are using it. Some people we've heard are getting back two hundred, three hundred dollars a month on their gasoline. Daniel, just just money in the pocket. What it does money is it goes to the PayPal, the goes to your bank account, goes to an e-gift card such as Amazon or the like. Download the Get Upside app and use promo code score. All right, Daniel, you had a couple more people. I'm you still want to talk about. I used. I'm still waiting on the app that they get you 25 cents off a gallon of queso, just in case wow. oh. somebody's looking to some app creator out there. If you're looking to turn a profit, I'm just tell turns you this. Out, turns out you won't turn a profit if if he and I get the app and yeah. we're getting queso. That's on you. 25 cents off a gallon of queso. I I could go for it. Okay, um, you mentioned some guys on the front that really impacted the. The, the red zone defense. But I want to talk about that that secondary, Clint, because okay. the secondary okay. in the red zone I thought was absolutely sensational. How many batted passes in the end zone batted away? How many balls down on the four or five-yard line did we see guys make plays on? Listen, Darion Kendrick had a fantastic game. Keely Ringo undercut one route and was mm-hmm. out of position. But other than that, had an unbelievable game. But the guy I want to single out here, especially Mm. in the red zone, was number 31, oft-maligned William Poole. Because William Poole saved the best game of his Georgia career for the biggest game that the University of Georgia has played in in 41 years, Clint. William Poole... Yes, sir. Was everywhere in this game. And he was everywhere because Alabama was going after him. They had they, a plan. It to was it was deliberate. William Poole. Yes, you saw was. this from the moment the game opened. You knew because it was the same. Cade, Cade Slowden was going after William Poole every single chance he could get. Blade Runner Slavin is out there just absolutely trying to wreak havoc. They're going after it was the same game plan for the SEC championship. They tried to carry it over. They found success once. Bill O'Brien said, let's go back to the well again. And William Poole showed up. Now, DBs are much like offensive linemen. Now, in this sense, if you don't hear their name, it means right. they're playing out of their minds. And again, Keely Ringo, uh, name called because of pick six, an incredible thing. We'll get to that in a moment. But Absolutely. Uh, Darion Kendrick had a game. William Poole, he had tackles and all that. And Lewis Seen gets defensive MVP. But you didn't hear those two names because Bryce Young, who's an accurate passer, right, Daniel? He, he's not the rifle uh, arm Brett Favre, okay? He, Insane accurate passer. Absolutely. Processor, decision maker, accurate passer. 
couldn't get the ball on point where he wanted to because the coverage was so darn tight everywhere, Daniel, and especially William Poole at the start position. Let me just regale you with some of these possessions, Clint. I love I okay. love when I'm regaled. Because um, final score of the game, by the way, 33 to 18. Mm. 33 to 18. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Alabama was in the red zone on their first scoring drive of the game, yep. which was their first possession of the game. And yep. on that possession, they ran one play in the red zone for zero yards. Mm-hmm. And then they kicked a field goal from the 19-yard line and scored three points. That was their first possession in the red zone. Okay. Their second possession in the red zone came on their third scoring drive of the game. Their second field goal was from outside the red zone. They never entered the red zone. No. Second, second red zone possession came on their third scoring drive of the game. At this point, the score is 6-3. to three. And aforementioned Keely Ringo undercuts a route and – Latu runs down the sidelines, and yep. Keeler Ringo says, not today. Oh. <laughs> chases him down. Chases him down, Clint. By the way, really quick, really quick. More important play, him chasing down or the pick six, Daniel? Him chasing down. Not even close. Not even close. Thank you. Because what I was about to say is he scores that touchdown. The game is now 13-3. to That's two and possessions, y'all. That's double digits. Okay. Um, He chases down. Alabama has the ball first and goal from the seven-yard line. So here's the red zone possession. You ready? Three plays. Three plays. Negative 13 yards. I'm sorry. What? And a 20 and a field goal from the 20-yard line. So what you're telling me is. Red zone possession. It was almost a non-red zone possession. Because because they start on the seven and then almost and then we're outside the red zone almost by the end of it. Oh, that's correct. Oh. So so far in the red zone, they've had two possessions. They have had four plays. Yes, and they have totaled negative thirteen yards, and they've kicked two field goals. Okay, mm. you ready to keep going? I yes. Third red mm. zone, third red zone possession, Clint, Alabama. Uh, Georgia scores the touchdown, goes up in the second half, um, scores the touchdown, the one yard Zamir White run. Georgia goes up, takes the first lead of the game, 13 to nine. Maybe you remember it. It's probably the moment that this began to happen to my voice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Alabama gets the ball back, comes down, has, has, has some success moving the ball and finds themselves first and goal. This time from the five-yard line. Clint, here's this red zone possession. You ready? I am. Three plays, two yards, and a field goal to make it 13-12. to So now, just to summarize, Alabama has had three red zone possessions. Okay. They have run seven plays. That's a lot. And they, and they have accumulated negative 11 yards of offense and kicked Three field goals. Alabama's fourth red zone possession of the game came after um, the most ridiculous call that I've ever seen in my entire life. 
uh, a fumble that was not a fumble. But you know what, Alabama fan? Call it a fumble for me. Just sure. do me a favor and, and say it was a fumble. doesn't matter. Stetson Bennett turns the ball over in the only turnover of his career that no Georgia fan thinks is his fault. Stetson Bennett turns the ball over and Alabama gets the ball first and goal or not first and goal first and 10 from the 15 yard line. Okay. Alabama runs. uh, Alabama runs five plays. Yep. Okay. In this red zone possession. One first play goes for one yard. Second play is a roughing the passer penalty that puts the ball at the five-yard line. Third play, another two yards. Fourth play, zero yards. Fifth play, a three-yard touchdown pass. And, and so, by the way, this is this is the sort of thing. So, Daniel, we're talking we're talking how many possessions now? Five. We are talking four four red zone possessions. Okay. Okay. And now they have run twelve plays in the red zone. And if you don't count penalty yards, which are not counted in offensive yards. They have gained a total of negative five yards in four possessions in the red zone and kicked three field goals and scored one touchdown. Now, listen to me, Clint. That is red zone defense. Yeah. You understand? Not only did Georgia hold them to negative total yards when they were inside the red zone, which is literally unthinkable. Not only did they hold them to three field goals, two of which came when they had it first and goal from the seven or closer. Yep. But Georgia got so many red zone opportunities because Alabama had zero explosive plays for touchdowns. Alabama had a few explosive plays, but resulted in a touchdown. Now, against Alabama the first time, Clint, do you know how many red zone defensive possessions the University of Georgia had? I don't I often don't think of this, so you have to regale me once more. It's the answer's two. In the whole oh. game, Alabama oh. was only in the red zone two times. Now you say, hold on, mm-hmm. but they scored so many points. Yeah. Clint. Yeah. They scored 34 points in the game, the Alabama offense. And yet Two trips to the red zone because all them points came on long distance plays, explosive plays resulting in touchdowns. Even the two red zone trips that they both scored, they scored touchdowns on both of them. So Georgia's red zone defense in the SC championship game, not nearly what it was. Both of those red zone scores were from outside of 10 yards, Clint. Neither of them. Listen to this. Alabama did not have a goal-to-go situation in the entire SEC championship game. That That's the, the difference game. in the game. That's yes. the difference in the game. And a lot of that comes down to the star position again. A lot of that comes in getting distance, separation on the DBs, close inside where you just need a quick little accurate pass. And again, those four possessions, of course, Bryce Young is going to get one of them, guys. Like, Again, he's the Heisman winning quarterback and he's scrambling for his life and has to go three yards to a tight end who's sitting as a statue as everybody's trying to get him. Look, I get it. That's going to happen. But I don't think we understand the impressive nature 
of all of those stats that Daniel just rattled off, including, and by the way, don't, don't tell me William's injury contributed to that. Cause that's not, he's not a red zone guy. Okay. We'll talk don't about you it dare, in just one second. We'll don't you dare do that second. to me. That's not the wide receiver that he is. It's not Alabama, what he does. It's not what he does guys. So, so please now, could they have scored beyond that? I, I, I have no clue. They didn't, he got one off. And again, it was a, I, I can't talk about blown coverages too much, but it's there. This red zone defense was incredible. He was harassed on 47% of his dropbacks, Daniel. I think it was. That's a lot. Brian Robinson it did not have any room to run whatsoever. He he was held. Mm. They had 10 rushing yards, I think, well mm. into the second quarter. I think we'll be the talking third, about was, the running game another day, Clint. We got a whole day to talk about the running game. Okay. Just don't get a let's not get ahead of oneself. Let's let's not. Let's not. Um, but hey, we're going to come back. We have more stuff to talk about. But first, I want to let you know about NetSuite. NetSuite, uh, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it in, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, you f- your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite by Oracle helps you close your books quicker, better, faster than anybody else uh, in the business universe, I, I I suppose that's like a like a metaverse, but for like it's it's bizaverse. It's out there, Daniel. It's do you think there. there are multiple timelines in the business universe? Like, do you think that there are and simultaneous so C- events occurring? So, John Tweet Sports CEO of Netsuite and John Tweet Sports CEO of corporate taking over Netsuite can come together inside oh, this parallel. It's, it gets really weird really quickly. Uh, it's That's the number one cloud financial system to power growth. Visibility 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading Netsuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financial pro- uh, program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked. All right, Clint, uh, I, sh- I just want to, I just ask, may we end the podcast today? By talking about the Jameson Williams injury, um, we may under this caveat. I'm going to give a huge asterisk right up in front, so okay. that nobody can misunderstand what we are saying. Point one: Please, we are we are devastated for this young man. This young man is one hell of an athlete. He is incredibly gifted. He is incredibly talented. He's probably the number two wide receiver in this year's draft. He is a He's an incredible talent, and we are sad to see him and his hard work do that. Two, we yeah. did not one time cheer in exaltation for this injury. Oh, God. And if you, Georgia fan, are, we don't. And by the way, I didn't hear You're the worst. You You're are the worst. the worst. But let the record state and show I didn't hear that from anybody on our timeline. There were T's and P's, there were prayers, there were everything in the world. We hated to see it. Kirby hated to see it. So, with those two caveats in place, you may go, Daniel. Yeah, that's the that's the first thing I was going to say as well. I mean, both of us. As soon as this happened, I immediately sat down, put my head in my hands because this is that's it's absolutely and you knew instantly. It was. It's not what you want to see. It's what nobody wants to see. And let me just say this right off the top: Alabama would have had more offensive success if Jameson Williams had played in the game. Yes, part of the reason Alabama had as little offensive success as they did in the game is because Jameson Williams 
did not play the entire game. He only played the first four possessions. Okay. All of that is very true. What I will not hear, what I will not listen to, you can say if you want. It doesn't matter to me because I'm a champion. What I will not listen to is someone who says that the reason Alabama lost is because Jameson Williams went out of the game. Because No, sir. It's just that's here's the thing. It's not that I don't want it to be true. It's that it's just not true. And here's and here's the reason why. Football is this kind of a game, Clint. And you know this because you've played football, you've watched a lot of football. If you're a football fan or if you've played football, then you know this if you're listening or watching. Football is this kind of game where you don't know when your opportunity is going to be in a game, right? As a team, there's there's almost always, there's some games where you just get run, right? And you just get yeah. taken to the woodshed and it's over, okay? There are some games where the other team, where you just run the other team, okay? But if you take those outliers out, in most football games, there's a window for both teams to win the game. Now, sometimes your window is bigger because you're the more talented team and you have more opportunities or the ball bounces in your favor or whatever. Sometimes your window is smaller because it's just not your day or what, blah, 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 blah. But the thing about the window is you never know when your window is going to be, right? Never. But you have to take advantage of it when you have it. You capitalize. Because that's your chance to win the game. And it just so happens, go back and watch this game again. It just so happens that Alabama's window to win this football game was the first half of the first quarter. Their window to absolutely dominate and run away and hide and win this football game convincingly was the very beginning of the game. Now, now, real quick, Todd Munkin made his offensive coordinating prowess. The reason why Todd Munkin is the best OC ever at University of Georgia is because when you ask him the game plan, he says, Stetson's going to throw to whoever's open. I'm not necessitating. We're not force-feeding anybody. That's the opportunistic, the, the good read, the good game plan. Secondly, our offense for the first half of the first quarter, Daniel, was not just bad. No. It wasn't not putrid. Nope. It was painstakingly, devastatingly, soul-sucking awful. Okay. looked like someone had pulled it right out of the brownstone. Like that there was a fire in the brownstone and someone had gone in to rescue it and its dead corpse had just come out, slung over somebody's shoulder, running out of the brownstone. <laughs> like, you understand? That's That was I, I understand. Okay. Now listen. Uh, Alabama had the ball uh -huh. three times – Listen, three times before Georgia got its first first down. Okay. Alabama had three offensive possessions before Georgia registered one first down. And he was talking about total yards. I think one total yard is what we are running at that point. One total yard. Zero first downs. Do you know what Alabama did? Like, so this is what I mean by window. Yes. Stetson Bennett was rattled. He was not ready for the moment. It no, was sir. the stage was big. The lights were bright. And, and he came out and it 
fate like it rattled him. Will Anderson rattled him. Harris oh rattled him. Do you understand? Like it wasn't there. The offensive line wasn't ready. Stetson wasn't ready. Zero first downs. Alabama offensive possessions. Do you know what they did on those three offensive possessions? How many points did they get? They got three total points. Oh, They put together goodness. an opening drive where they moved the ball down the field and then they stalled in the red zone. We've already accounted for that. They kicked a field goal. Georgia does nothing. Like when I say less nothing, than, I mean they, they, they accumulated zero yards. Okay. I was going to say less than nothing because there was a sack and it was almost fumble on a, yeah. on a run that Stetson had that was this close to being turnover in the red zone again on the second. It was just awful. Alabama gets the ball back. They get one first down and punt. Georgia gets the ball. They do nothing. Nothing. Zero first downs. They give it back to Alabama. Alabama goes three and out and punts the ball again. Georgia gets one first down, and then Todd Munkin calls the play that he has had circled on his sheet. This yes, is the play we're going to run as soon as we get one first down. And, he thought it would be called, on the opening possession of the game. And it's called get Jorge in game and tell him run fast. He runs this fake double reverse pitch. Stetson, Ooh. put your foot in the ground and just spin it as hard as you can. And Jorge was off to the races and T's and P's to the number one on Alabama's defense because, young man, you're not ready for the moment. Um, and Georgia was off. And now all of a sudden it was a three to three game. Jamison Williams played that entire time, Clint, and he all did nothing. That time. And he did nothing to score Alabama any points. That was the window to win the game because after that, Georgia started getting first downs. Now, the offense wasn't great. Georgia wasn't no. very good in the red zone early either. So full, full acknowledgement of that. Alabama's defense was good. Alabama's red zone defense was good. Yes. They wore down, and Georgia's halftime adjustments were so much better than Alabama's. It's not even funny, but we'll talk about that in, on, on another day. But Alabama had its window. And during the window, Jameson Williams was playing. And, and they did nothing with that opportunity. And that was it. That was the game. That was that their was the chance game. to win the game. You have to strike while the iron's hot. Georgia came roaring out in this. It wasn't because of the injury. It wasn't because you didn't have a depth at running back because you had, I think, Trey Sanders, at some point, somebody told me, was the number one running back in the entire nation when he came to Alabama and signed. And you have Brian Robinson, who's also somebody. Just stop it with this. You have a number one tackle in the entire draft. You have the Heisman. Just stop. Okay. Did For you know the love that, of all that is good? Did you know that James Cook's brother plays uh, in the NFL? That's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Just weird. We'll Dar get to the Darwin backs. is his name. Darwin? We'll, get to, we'll get to the running backs another day. Um, listen, it's it. George's red zone defense was spectacular. It was on point. It was historic. I again, I saw a stat today that if you take out garbage time touchdowns, Daniel. Garbage time touchdown in which the game is already out of hand and we have second, third stringers. And I want to say there are four touchdowns that are accounted for that. I think we gave up six the entire year. If you take out meaningful snap or meaningless snaps on this defense, mm. the entire year red zone was on point. Dan Lanning, you are a damn good dog. Thank yep. you, sir. Go Thank win. You. games. Go win not, all the games. Not, 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 not on September 3rd. 
Yeah, nope, not the first sir. one. Oh and one. But after that, oh. have a great have a great run. Uh, hey, if you're just joining Lockdown Bulldogs, we're glad you're here. We'll be here in perpetuity talking about this national championship. No one's going to be able to shut me down or shut Daniel down. And all this space back here is going to get filled with a whole oh. lot of memorabilia. Okay. Not a lot of sports memorabilia, I can't help but notice, Clint. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that, but not a that's lot. A, of- that's, that's a harken back to some, was that Auburn or Florida fan? That It's, boy, don't judge a fan base by its worst fans. Some fan bases... I've just yet to meet anyone other than that. So it's hard for Auburn me to and Florida. Tennessee fans, Ooh. show me you're not worst fan. And I would love to just have a conversation if you could. Uh, come back tomorrow where this we will talk about this national championship every single day for a very long time. Break down all the bits and pieces as news hits the wire. We will talk about it. This is Locked On Bulldogs here on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. See ya.